This week we're asking, is it ever okay to root for your rival? The Panthers' run defense ranks what on PFF? I'm back like Bray Wyatt to terrorize Bobby's Fantasy Football League. And Sheena Quick from Quick Out the Blocks joins us to talk about Panthers' big three and where Charlotte falls as a sports city. It's not what you think. Thursdays at noon here on the Riot Network. Now that is a very sensitive subject. Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Check out some of our network mates, the Roaring Riot podcast, Not What You Think, It Is What It Is, and debuting August 6th, the Carolina Line with Al Wallace and Kevin Donnelly. For more great talk about your favorite team, follow the Riot Network on Twitter at the Riot Network to stay up to date on all your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, love us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. Welcome to season two of One Day Contract. And guess what? The boys. Sorry, I don't know if we uh, if we're supposed to talk. That's all right. That's all right. Josh was so excited that he made it to season two, he had to talk. So we'll start with Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, has spent the last three months preparing his shirts to be swept completely through in Spartanburg. Yes, I would like to consider myself amongst the sweatiest uh, of all the people that are out there at Spartanburg. You know what I like to do is a pro tip for you if you're going to get real sweaty. You want to wear a backpack. So that way nobody walks up to you and touches your back and is like, hey, like, hey, how's it going? And they like pull back sharply in a disgusted manner. You don't have to deal with that if you're wearing a backpack. So I'll wear that. And then as we come off the field, we get to the media room. I take off my backpack. That's when really all the comments come. Sounds, sounds moist. It's a nightmare back there. Also, returning for season two, Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, and has spent a lot of time on his deck this summer. Did you guys know he built a deck? It's marvelous, y'all. You should check it out. It's it's wonderful. Just sit out there in nature. Um, just don't look at the rough spots around kind of some of the edges, and it's it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful place to spend an evening. Yeah, absolutely. How many pe- what, what's the percentage of people that you bring out to the deck that you then tell them that you built said deck? Uh, it, well, I give them the brochure sure. um, to let them see <laughs> kind of the stages that we went through just so they understand the trials and tribulations to build this deck. And right. Then, and so, so 100%. Yeah, and then do basically. you offer to help with their with their deck for you know maybe Fuck like a no. maybe like some gift cards. Whoa, <laughs> we got one out of two right there. Wow. Right. Come on, Welcome it's season, season two. two. Good 51 lord, seconds in to <laughs> yeah. season number two. Good Mark job. down the time Look, five twelve p.m. Is that how it works? <laughs> that that is how. That's I, how it works. I am proud of that deck, but it was it was it was, it was hot and miserable. I thought you were going to drop the second one right there. <laughs> I did, too. He's no. really proud. Nope. He sends a lot of deck picks. <laughs> a lot of, lot of deck picks. Oh, you said deck. Yeah. Oh, uh, now it makes sense. And every time yes. they go, wow, it's bigger than I thought. Because <laughs> Colin asked me to come see his deck the other day, and I was like, uh, I don't want to answer that because I'm not sure exactly what that means. And then you were like, let me check my schedule. <laughs> I've got nothing going on. I'll be there oh, yeah, in a I'm going to go see it anyway. Yeah, of course. So the voice you hear, this is our first returning 
guest because it's season two. Yes, now, that's now right. You can come back with us today on the one day contract. Travis T-Bone Hancock, co-host of the Mac Attack on the Fan in Charlotte and star of Amazon Prime's All or Nothing, requested he be introduced as icon and entertainer. You really changed since becoming a worldwide celebrity. But, but at, at heart, I'm the same. Thanks for having me, guys. Season two, yes. the first returning guest. I'm like the Robin Williams of this show, the guy that they just, when someone can't do it, they just go, oh, where's Robin Williams on The Tonight Show? Oh, he's free. Bring him in. You're the Alec well, Baldwin of SNL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll bring you in for the topical references like Robin Williams on The Tonight Show. All the, <laughs> all the kids are like, yeah. oh, yeah, who's that? Is that the genie? No, that's also oh, yeah. Will Smith. Now, did you, did you get your SAG card from this? I'm working on it. Okay. My, my mama bone wants free membership to Amazon Prime now because she wants to watch Sneaky Pete. Yeah. So she wants membership to Amazon Prime, and she also wants me to introduce her to Giovanni Ribisi yeah. from Sneaky Pete. I tried to explain, give me a little more time here. I just became a star. No, at heart, though, I'm the same guy. I haven't changed in the last week or so. Still here with my people, my friends, family. Yep. It's like when The Rock returns to wrestling. You don't forget where you came from. Exactly. Uh, Natalie, That's true. Natalie, uh, Jason, Calvin. Yeah. It's <laughs> tremendous that you guys brought me back. Here. Thank you for giving us this rub by <laughs> yeah. coming back, maybe letting uh, – well, like – you you can do your finishing move on us at some point <laughs> in order to bring us up to your level like I mean, The Rock does. Life moves so quickly that a week ago I'm just a guy sitting at home alone making Bubba Burgers. And then a day later I'm a guy at home alone making Bubba Burgers with nine more Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> you probably lost one in the last five minutes for anyone. No, I, no there's no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, I lose a lot. Most of the female variety. That's true. And yeah. also the fact that you're on the show, just in yeah. general, people, they see and they're like, oh, no, unfollow. <laughs> Didn't realize they were going to season two. Unfollow. Got to get out of there. I started calling myself the bone today randomly. That that, that happened. Oh, no. Yeah, well, that's when you know you've made it. When you start calling yourself the bone, <laughs> mm-hmm. with something with the in it. That, yeah. That's, that happened today. Anything with the. You can't give yourself your own nickname. You cannot just assign yourself a nickname. Nope. Like, you have to have it grow organically. Like, you know, maybe it like arrives from like uh, like your size and also like your one of your favorite animals, and then people start calling you that, and then it's like that's your nickname, right? Didn't you give yourself the name the Big Dog? I don't think so. I think that was actually you guys call me the Big Dog. Oh, and, you're uh, the Big Dog. Yeah, I'm the oh, Big Dog. Good to meet you. I'm the Bone. That's yeah, nice. The you, Big Dog and the, d- the yeah. Bone and the Wolf. Yeah, and the Wolf. Colin will figure out something. You're, exactly. the, you're, you're just yeah. the dad. He's the Hog. The Big. <laughs> I mean, all this talk about hogs and decks, it's really uh, – <laughs> yeah. season two's got a lot more blue than we thought it was going to be. A little, got a little risque. Room, new room here, huh? Yeah, it's the, Roaring Ra- it's the the Riot Network pod studio. Eventually, we're going to put some stuff here on the walls, but right now it's really – it's pretty bare. We just have this huge TV that uh, that we were we can put your uh, your screenshot of your time on to All or Nothing the up there. set the scene here, it is an interrogation room yeah. where like, Nikki and I feel like we've committed a crime, mm-hmm. and you and Colin, the Which hog, we have. The, the big dog and the hog, <laughs> are going to play <laughs> good cop, bad cop here. Like Nikki and I robbed a bank, and you guys know it, and we don't want to get in trouble yet for it. Yeah, well, we want to separate you guys at some point just to make sure that your stories match up. <laughs> oh, and, no. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, man. That, that's when the interrogation really starts. The good news is the big dog is the good cop. So... <laughs> The ho- once the hog comes out, he's a uh, <laughs> he's bad cop for sure. <laughs> Lord, we've already derailed. All right, we're starting with Nikki. Super Were we important ever question. Railed? Wait, no. don't. No. Never mind. <laughs> Again, <laughs> season two. I, no, oh, it's man. been a while for me since I've been railed. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little more adult this season here. So Nikki's super important <laughs> question is actually coming via Twitter today from ninety five. Keep pounding. Is that salesman? Salesman. Yeah. yeah. 
Legend. He's so, the best. In honor of uh, Mark Sanchez uh, finally retiring from football, would you rather be remembered for a butt fumble like Mark Sanchez or for pooping and making a big skid mark in your football pants like Matt Ryan? That's salesman for sure. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> a lot of poop talk. He definitely sent a message and asked if this could be the question <laughs> today. <laughs> it's in a message. Uh, he's a it was actually a poll that he put up and then thought it was appropriate. Yeah. It, it, I mean, he's Thank not Thank you, salesman. I, I feel like um, probably butt fumble. I mean, butt fumble is going to like live on forever. And also, like, I feel like pooping in your pants or like having that butt like the stain on the back of Matt Ryan's pants like that that's not fun like the butt fumble I feel like is at this point like it's just kind of like fun and like eclectic and like yeah obviously it's one of the worst plays in NFL history and uh he'll never live it down but at the same time he's incredibly handsome and Matt Ryan uh is still Matt Ryan so I I think I'd much rather have Mark Sanchez as a jet as a Jets fan I'm offended by the question personally (laughs) I feel like now I know I invited back for season two episode one yeah it's for butt fumble jokes which I'm trying to move on from for years it's Matt Ryan uh hog go ahead I was gonna say, I think uh, I think uh, the more memorable Hog, I one. I defer to you. <laughs> yeah, the, the more memorable one will be will be Sanchez because I, I feel like Paul Pierce has kind of cornered the market on the pooping your uniform in a big moment. Mm. So I feel like Matt Ryan, uh, his distinction has a, a chance to uh, slide. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I feel like you could have used a, a good phrase there. Uh, didn't, <laughs> didn't John Cena poop his pants while he was in the ring at some that point? Was didn't he? Oh, that was CM Punk. That's what it was. Yeah. And yeah. it's like there's a video of like you could see him like pooping his yeah. pants. He tweeted about it that night. Yeah. yeah. just pooped my pants on Raw. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a big <laughs> audience to poop your pants in front of. Like, Well, Jake, Jake split his pants. Yeah. That, that's fun, though, I feel like. Did he change on the sideline? I feel like fun? they talked about that in <laughs> <Fun>? the... Fun? <laughs> Seeing Jake's ass is fun? Was it, the, it was like the bottom of his cheek. I mean, come on. It's not like it was the hole or anything, you know? <laughs> he shit his pants the entire 2009 season. All right, and we're out. <laughs> both, both curses. Both curses less than 10 minutes into season two. We've used I've, never right. been, I've never been on a place for a long period of time where the FCC can't monitor you. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, like, new for me. Like, I could say whatever I want. Well, man. we're actually only allowed two curses without giving, having to give an explicit warning, which, FYI, I just made up. So I don't know whether that's actually true, <laughs> but we've been using it for all of season one. So, uh, yeah, so we've already used our two for this. For the time. Wait, Unless you really you... don't know if that's a thing? You say it every week. Yeah. That's he just I... makes it up. Have you not figured this out yeah. yet? Welcome to my analysis. <laughs> <laughs> allow, allow me to introduce you, you to the big to... dog, Josh Klein, who sometimes makes things up and then talks about them so much that they become true. The numbers makes are made sense. up, but the beer is real. That's right. Well, not so much this week, but other weeks the mm. beer is real. Yeah. Also, uh, if anybody needs a water, um, the water fountain is right down the hall. Delicious water. Yeah. yeah. We are drinking right water. Right there in a plastic a cup. Roaring Riot cups. Like, a, like um, uh, uh, name a fancy water. You know the waters. <laughs> no, water. Nikki, Nikki. Charcoal black. She, like, she likes charcoal yeah, black water. Charcoal Literally, water. the first time I met her, she was drinking black water, which I didn't. I, I thought they were, were only you know defense contractors, but no, it's apparently <laughs> a thing. Yeah, Mississippi Moon, won't you keep on rising? That's a good black water joke, I guess. Somebody's well, gonna get that out there. Somebody will. They're laughing right now. Yeah. Well, if you want your super important question asked, go to iTunes. Go leave us a rating and put in your review your super important question, and we will ask it on the show. Hey, w- while you mention reviews, hey, <laughs> hi, hey, oh, that's a callback to season one. <laughs> <laughs> Check out season one. Uh, uh, hey, uh, uh, yes, caller from Gastonia. Yeah. 
Hey, while we're talking about reviews, um, <laughs> we have like a lot of people listen to the show, and there's like eight reviews. Go on there. Give us a five-star review. Take your time while you're listening right now. Just go on there and do it. It actually does help us out as we go into season two. A lot more people can hear it. And if you don't like the pod, then um, no reviews necessary. Don't tell your friends. It would be weird if you didn't like the pod and you actually got to this point in the <laughs> nonsense segment. And you were like, mm, one star. It's like you've never been on Twitter and seen that people have a lot of time on their hands that for is, stuff like that. That's 100% true. All right, let's I get. Do, I don't do Twitter much. No. Yeah. No, absolutely. Let's just get upset about uh, some dude projecting us from uh, ilovefootball.com. Ah, I only projected the Panthers at seven and nine. I fought yesterday about oh, camp. Oh, God. About, I, I try not to fight as much as I used to. I kind of <laughs> let things go. Like, I just. But yesterday I got in arguments about Cam. Uh, about how our call screening process works mm-hmm. and courtesy waves. Nice. That was my my twelve hour period yesterday. I'm just well, just unloading everything. At the risk of being a little too inside baseball, I did notice that Mac did not take the guy that was up next on the uh, <laughs> on all or nothing. I did yeah, notice I it was selectively choosing the caller or the, <laughs> the callers. That was a you know what it was really an inside look at. Uh, what happens there on the morning show at 610 yeah. at WF and Z. Like not I, saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> Bone not saying I, anything and Mac yelling. That was before I moved chairs. I was the producer mainly then. Also, there was a hand on a mouse that they show. We analyzed whose hand that was. Sure. Analyzed fin- this happened on the air yesterday. Whose fingernails that was. And it was Max. We thought maybe Bone got another point one second on there. Man. No, it was Max hand on the mouse. I mean, would they have had to like double your salary for that kind of thing? Well, like, that, that's a whole that's a whole off the record thing. Yeah, yeah okay. Agents that's involved. Fair. Yeah, you're, you're not supposed to talk about that stuff. No. The Amazon, it's yeah. It's, so other than T Bone's shining moment, I don't what, really. what were I've got like eight more minutes on T Bone, so <laughs> we could just talk about that. That could be all part of. Yeah. Let's let's talk about all or nothing and your favorite <laughs> non T Bone moments. This was easy for me. The, by far, the the scene that I enjoyed the most was Luke Keekley and Cam Newton together in a room having fun with, with Josh Norman. I know it led up to a game where we were not happy with the result. But we do, for, these guys have been the leaders of this team for almost a decade now. And we don't see them interact a whole lot. And just to get that glimpse and to see that those two do interact, as you would hope, that those two guys interact. I thought that to me was by far my favorite scene. It also humanized Keekley because there's this thought. We know Keekley is a great dude. We know what he does in the film room, but there's a thought that he's kind of robotic during the week, like football film to see Keekley on a game week, have personality and let loose. And there's one scene also when the, was it the joke scene with McCaffrey when he does mm-hmm. the, the Ethel joke? Yeah. Keekley eats a potato chip. <laughs> the guy is, he's, and, and by the way, ate just one. Yeah. Of course he does, because Keekley <laughs> couldn't eat two, could he? Yeah, he's the only one that can actually stop once he's popped. But you saw a human <laughs> <laughs> you saw a human side of what you're talking about where Keekley in a game week, all right, there's more personality and, there than And he wasn't just a part of it. He called Josh. So yep. like this was like it was just a refreshing little glimpse into another part of Luke that I think we all enjoy. Yeah, and, and just to be clear, I think a lot of uh, I, I saw some backlash a little bit on Twitter. Of course, everybody has to react poorly to something. Yep. Uh, even a fantastic scene like that. People are like, I can't believe that he would give away that Greg Olson isn't playing. Olson played. So, Luke wait a was wait playing. A wait, a, wait a minute. Was playing Josh Norman. Th- that's the whole beauty of the scene. Yeah. That's the whole beauty is that they're laughing at Josh Norman because Josh Norman thinks that Luke has just slipped and told. Yeah. Yeah, Woo! but yeah. that's good. Watch it one more time and yeah. see if it sinks in. It's like it's Woo! basically like watching Memento. Like you have to watch it again, and then you're like, <laughs> "Oh, I see." Because Olsen actually played. That's why 
He's not just the game and doesn't start. Game Kanan, doesn't start on Sunday at one p.m. Starts in the film room, and how, that's where how we saw entertaining it. our Josh and Cam together too. I can listen to those guys yap to each other. It's oh, almost yeah. like training camp two thousand and fifteen all over again, where they got into a fight. It's just like it's so entertaining. To hear. I would watch which, that show every week. every day. Which somehow we still don't have video of. I thought maybe we're finally because obviously the Panthers have video of the 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 altercation or whatever. I thought that we might get a gl- no. Remember, yeah. we were like four feet. Away. I was four feet away from that whole fight. I ran into the woods. So I you were one of the people that did not <laughs> capture video of that, yeah. that fight. Because he ran and hid. Just have that, no, that Mac, one Mac, picture, right? Mac ran yeah. towards the fight because he tried to break up his dude's fighting. I'm like, I'm getting out of here, man. I, <laughs> I backpedaled. Yeah, there's nothing more terrifying at training camp when you're standing kind of on the yep. sidelines and something starts happening coming your way and you're like, oh my god, I have to make a just like a split second decision here on to just like fight or flight, <laughs> and by f- it's always flight. You just run into the woods. It's you like just an, just it's like in the ocean when that big wave's coming. You get that, you make that decision. Am I going towards this wave? Yeah, I don't do that. I go towards the shore. Sure, or you go Ditto. like under it or like over it, and you're just like, no. and if you don't decide quickly, you're getting hit in the face with that wave, and <laughs> usually it's a lot of a lot of meat coming your way. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do the casual turn oh. and walk away. Show's <laughs> over. Close it up. Well, uh, Broadcast yeah. yeah. so that cough button. Uh, <laughs> don't know why I was Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Anyways. What about for you, Josh? Um, honestly, I felt like the kind of the looks into uh, once it when when they went in to sign Eric Reed because to me that was such a changing point in not only the season but also in kind of like the way that this franchise has been operating for its the entirety of its history changed that week when they said we're gonna when Tepper made the decision we're gonna sign Eric Reed. I feel like they could have gone deeper. I, I could have watched thirty minutes on how that decision came about, what the phone call was like, you know, like what how Tepper like talked to Herney and Rivera about it instead of being like we talked to the owner, the owner's okay with it. And then to see Rivera go in and talk to Cam about it. Yeah. And say, hey this is that's the kind of thing that I want to see, and and we've talked about it before, and I'm I'm sure we'll talk about it multiple times throughout this kind of segment. But Cam Newton, whatever you whether there's always going to be people that don't like Cam Newton, but when you look at the way that he is a leader for this team and was in on every decision, including that Eric Reed just was kind of like they they didn't necessarily say, hey Cam, we're going to sign Eric Reed. What do you think about this? It was more like, hey, let's talk about this a little bit. And that, to me, is what you should be doing with your franchise quarterback and the best player that you've ever had and the guy that is leading your team. And I I could have watched it forever, all leading up to Reed kneeling and Tepper saying, well, the world didn't end. I love that part. I love that they showed that. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. And that was Tepper responding to the crowd's lack of a response. Yep. Yes. Uh, in a perfect world, I would have liked – obviously, the NFL films crew doesn't know that far in advance the Eric Reed stuff. I would have liked to have seen an Eric Reed portion of that as well. Yeah. When he gets yeah. that phone call, when he's leaving wherever he was at to come here, how he got greeted when he got here. It was sort of like they made the call and Eric Reed appeared. Press conference, bam, he's here. I would have liked to have seen the first conversations they had with Eric Reed. Who, yeah. The, what did Rivera say right away? Was Keekley there at the door? Whatever. I'd like to see more of the arrival, the, the reaction Eric Reed had. It yeah. was sort of just like Reed was signing and doing the, the press conference. But what what was Eric Reed's reaction to that whole stuff? I, I thought it was – so we'll, we'll just kind of get into the, one of the things that I thought. I felt like when you look at a thing like this that's all or nothing, it's supposed to be such an in-depth look at the, at the season. They left out some real key moments in the season and real key storylines. Like – 
was there what there was an offensive line right and there were huge Sometimes. issues with it <laughs> and there was a guy on the left hand side that they were paying 15 and a half million dollars to not play at all and to be on injured reserve and be in the locker room telling the media that he's healthy and ready to play and not being activated like where was Matt Khalil this whole time where was Darrell Williams fighting his way back from this devastating knee injury only to get hurt again where was Chris Clark a guy that they literally signed off the street to play left tackle three days later. Like, where were these guys? I would have just liked to have seen just a mention. And I, I know it's kind of maybe that's just nitpicking because overall it was really – they did a fantastic job, obviously. Nobody's debating that. But I feel like there were key lines that I could have – that I would have liked to have seen. There's a Khalil brother angle that was not was let out as well. Yeah. The, how he's – the, the injury he's not playing. How was – what is Ryan saying to Matt? How is Matt reacting to all that stuff? Again, there's so much left off the table, but there was a Khalil angle there mm-hmm. at the end when Ryan saying goodbye. What did Matt say? What did Frank Khalil say? And there was a Khalil angle there that maybe they didn't they didn't show. The the takeaway that I had about all this stuff missing was that I realized that it's not for us. That it's not it, as much as we think as a, as, a, as a small market fan base. They're like they're finally focused on our team. This was not for us. This was for the fans of 31 other teams. Right. They don't care that we pulled off a left tackle off the street two weeks ago. And so from, even, Trader, from Trader Joe's, I think. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> even though it's like we felt like the, the spotlight, the shine was finally on our team, it was for everyone else. And those of us that, that follow closely, that know too much, a lot of stuff, I, you know, they did, a, they, did a, they, did, they did a fine job. But the, this, for what I think Panther fans thought this was going to be, which was something that was ours, kind of about our team, that's not what this, th- this vehicle is designed to do. Yeah, it was not the 2003 Cardiac Cats video that you can watch all the time that's 30 minutes of, like, the best season that you shut off right before uh, two minutes left in the Super Bowl. Yeah. One of my takeaways was, well, going into this, we didn't know how Cam was going to be portrayed. It doesn't take yeah. much for Cam. He's still getting ripped for stuff by national media members in this thing, and I thought he came across really well. So I thought, how many Cam traverses are going to come out of this thing? Seven, eight, point. nine, like – What's he going to do that's going to cause – is riding the the, mo- the moped or whatever it's called, is that going to be a problem? What's he going to do? That was the, one of my favorite scenes. It was, and that song was good in there too, the old song. They, like how many things of Cam do we have to defend here? I think my favorite part was when Dante Jackson's uh, having an issue against Pittsburgh when he got torched by Antonio Brown. Cam coming over there. Now people on the air in our show said, well, he knew the cameras were there. All right, whatever. But The cameras are always there. For, for Cam to come over and talk to a rookie a DB – when he didn't really probably have to do that, I thought that was really telling about Cam's leadership right now. That to me, that's that's not only important for that moment, that's important going forward. That we saw, okay, it's not it's there's a leadership aspect there during games mm-hmm. that we don't always see all the time. I, I'm not saying you can't. There's there's nothing Cam did that that you could be critical of. I mean, when he he guarantees this he, at the beginning when he's giving the speech or whatever, and he guarantees, you know, hey, if we do this, I guarantee. And it's like, well, okay, young man, you can't do that. You know, you learn this as a leader if you as you go through life. But other than that, to me, I don't see how Cam is portrayed in anything but a a, a glowing light. I mean, it, to I mean, every every aspect of it, I thought he excelled, and I thought it was tremendous. And I know uh, we haven't we haven't talked about Devin Funchess, but I, 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 those scenes with Devin Funchess, like you can tell what he means to Devin Funchess, and I think people, anybody, anybody that that. It's choosing to, to be critical of Cam after this. You didn't like Cam before, and this didn't change your mind. Okay, move along with your life. Yeah, you can't well, can't see me here, but I just pointed at you 
aggressively because that's the exact Uncomfortably, point. People almost. that didn't, well, yeah, I, I did a little bit almost too much of a lean in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, if you didn't like Cam, if you went into this looking for a Cam Traversy and like, look at this guy with his outfits and his, I hate him. He's smoking a cigar. It's like, <laughs> hey, if you, yeah. eh, hey, if you don't, <laughs> if you didn't like him already, then this was never going to change your mind. He couldn't have he. He could have. They could have had eight episodes of him watching film the whole time, and you would have been like, "Well, why didn't he get out there and uh, talk to his teammates?" And it's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, just uh, you got to be. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot not to like from Cam Newton this season. But the thing about Cam Newton, Cam Newton is like politics. You could say your side no matter how many times you're not going to change someone's mind. Yep. It's the same with Cam. You have your feelings about Cam. That's not going to change at all. This has outed some Cam haters, though, because what I've heard uh, on the air the last couple of days in social media and some national people, uh, his name is Colin, that he's, but he's not the good Colin, though, right? Mm. That's the Colin we don't trust. The other one. Uh, not the, ho- he, not the hog. And Reggie Bush went off, too, in a ridiculous fashion. The, the thing I'm noticing is their, their, their takes are all old stuff. Mm-hmm. So I asked a guy on Twitter the other day. Uh, he said that Cam's antics were uh, – he, he's not a good leader because of the antics he had on the show. I said, well, what, what antics? The guy never responded because they, they didn't watch it. Of course They're not. just going back to the, the, fu- the fumble and the post game of the Super Bowl. Like, no, what, what did you watch in this show that was bad? Do, do, um, if, if you have an opinion, we can talk about it. What did you see that was bad? And no one can answer that question. Yeah. Oh, he ate, he ate junk food, Colin Coward said? What junk food did he eat? The guy's a, a vegan. Well, and a lot of people kept bringing up. He on ate junk food. That was Colin <laughs> he, Cow- he ate junk he food. Ate and you junk. wonder why why I am not in this space. You yeah. wonder why I have bailed oh, out yeah, on junk, this. He said he ate junk food, and uh, he's what? distracted, unlike Tom Brady. He said Tom Brady eats kale. Can't eat that's because well, he stops kissing his son long enough to eat kale now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about what's weird? There's nothing. Here we go. Cam, Cam, there's nothing Cam did that is oh, near as weird as Tom Brady kissing his son on the lips for ten seconds. <laughs> Don't, get away. He, he, junk food. Hey, look, how about this? Watch he a game. He didn't eat junk food on the Watch show, did he? Watch a game. Watch a game. Because you know what the first six episodes of that show showed me? It just showed Cam Cam's narratives just getting destroyed as he drops balls in receivers' hands. He also, over and over. Uh, hey, all of the narratives about Cam, I felt, got destroyed based on those – because he was playing phenomenal. We were talking about him as an MVP, you know, six, seven weeks in. And – you see it all this, and for people to still come out critical, it's just what you said. This is this is pre-existing. This is there's nothing new. This is it's the same old tired crap because he's a black quarterback playing in the South. Would it would it be any different if he was the Patriots quarterback and he had these Super Bowls under his belt? Do we have the same conversation right now? Can I think if he had one, I, I think if he. I, oh, they, so I they, don't know. I like beat, that's no, because if he if they'd beat the Broncos, they'd have said, "Well, he beat the corpse of Peyton Manning." They'd have had yeah, something for there him. There would have been like an asterisk there, by well, it. Well, maybe if Cam actually had to play a, a, an actual quarterback next time, maybe he he wouldn't have done as well. And, and, and the cigar it, smoking came under fire too. Sure, uh, Colin, I'm pretty sure that uh, one of your all, Michael Jordan. Uh, I don't know where he is now. Well, but but uh, <laughs> Michael Jordan. The thing about NBA Michael grade. Jordan, we'll get to. We got a segment. If there's one thing about Michael Jordan, you know, is that the night before game nights, he was in bed by eight. Yep, hundred uh, percent. Treated everyone around him with respect, particularly his opponents, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and and it was a consummate professional every step of the way. That's that's what we know about the the goat, 100%. and that's why, and that's and it. You know what? And maybe maybe if he didn't smoke scars, people would still consider him the goat. Can't eat junk food. Tell that to Charles Barkley, who's a Hall of Famer. 
They have a tub. They have a tub. It's they took four thousand hours of footage. They caught him eating some jelly beans sometimes, and every and it's like Colin Howard is like, oh, that's all he eats, and it's like the guy's <laughs> famously vegan, and it's oh god. The editor just, zooms in and is like, yeah. wait, wait, but, is that is that a jelly bean? Now I got <laughs> it's now, not even new. It's I mean he was a pescatarian before that. I mean it, this is not new. We've seen this out of camp. It just shows you they don't watch the games, they don't pay attention, and all they do is come trot out with the same arguments that they have for any for for. For, for Cam because it's it works. Damn it, it works. Pescatarian's the word I'm looking for. But it yeah. does. But that's the thing is it does work. So Reggie Bush says this ridiculous thing about Cam. I know we're getting way off no, on nothing. Right. But it's like Reggie Bush says this insane thing about Cam comparing him to, well, he should have played through that shoulder injury. Michael Jordan played. The great ones play because I Michael Reggie Jordan Bush played on the flu game. I wish Reggie Bush had an NFL career. But, I loved him at USC. <laughs> But now it's – and, yeah, I mean, not to mention the fact that Reggie Bush slipped on a tarp and then sat out, like, the rest of the season. But Reggie Bush is, like, trending right now because he talks about Cam Newton. That's what you do. We There's a T-shirt in a box right here in World, Roaring Riot Worldwide Headquarters that says Cam Newton makes people stupid on it because Cam Newton makes people stupid. You cannot, you cannot have a rational take about Cam Newton without somebody jumping into your mentions with a fumble gif. And it's just, you you just stop arguing. Pescatarian's the word, huh? I, on the air today, I called it Episcopalian. Mm-hmm. I think that's a religion. <laughs> it's the same thing. I, I said, Mac, he was Episcopalian. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, when you eat fish. It's I the same the whole, thing. Uh, well, I'll have to retract that tomorrow Lo- 6 a.m. Loaves and the fishes. There was a lot of talk <laughs> on um, Twitter, too. People were talking about the amount of profanity, which I was shocked about. I mean, I'll be honest, like, it took me 10 minutes to drive here from my house, and I think I said more words in my car than were said in that entire show. Heaven forbid that an adult man curse around <laughs> another adult man. What the uh, – you? Were, I am so mad that we used our two curses already, That's and I, I can't use one, one right now. So I had to get it in. Colin. What the H? Come on. <laughs> I mean, golly. I mean, this is – Effing ridiculous. Darn it. If people are, are not going to let adults talk like adults, Shucks, what are we doing here? Yeah, y'all? I mean, I'm going to go full Roy Williams and say dadgummit. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, they wow. curse on the football field. I can't believe it. Oh, I mean, you heard Luke, if Luke Keekley is allowed to curse, then everybody else is. And that was one of my favorite scenes. I agree. Pepper, Saquon Barkley, when he's like, I got him right here on the uh, on the face mask. I got him here. Within one second of that two-minute whatever ref meeting, when Peppers Kigley says, "What happened?" He goes, oh, "I got him in the face mask." <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. That that moment I loved. My my personal favorite moment, and it's like the one second moments are my favorite. When Norv Turner and Marty Herney fist bump through <laughs> through the glass and the blinds, it was just like, no, oh, that is very much expected for those two seventy-year-old men. That's how we ah. They like tried to like be, yeah. ah, like fist bump like seven year old men would. Like they yeah. kind of like move it around a lot. It's great. <laughs> we also did get one moment of kind of uh, traditional reality TV of the of I guess probably Marty trying to dodge the cameras when they were talking about benching Cam and Marty went and had him in like the in, in like the closet and there was like the, the <laughs> kind of angle. It was like every every real world like, <laughs> like oh there's a discussion going but they're talking about starting a quarterback instead of you know. I wish Marty would come out and say that he wasn't edited the right way in this show. <laughs> <laughs> where did all where did all where did all my stuff go? Yeah. Did Marty wear only one sweater all season? <laughs> <laughs> one other big takeaway uh, we can nitpick Ron Rivera uh, the game management stuff and all that stuff. I think the players love him. And also, did you guys ever get the sense in that show that he lost that team at all? 
during that streak. I, I felt like it was. Well, they were winning during the you know, when they during got to Game of, of the when they got to Game of Thrones season eight mode. It, <laughs> it accelerate for the but, second half yeah. of the season. The, the love that the players have for that man is evident. Yeah, I, I thought I thought what you're talking about was is a good. It was a good glimpse for fans to see how much more general a lot of it really is. Like in the week to week, you don't have time to sit there and be like, okay, in the third quarter, on the second drive, we're going to. No, you have to just kind of, you, you only have so much time and you've got to keep it general. And I, I, I felt like I saw a head coach act, you know, I mean, like acting as a head coach, and it is a lot more hands off. You know, like, oh, Rivera's got to know this. And it's like, no, this is. There's a reason there's coaches got fired in the middle of the season because as a, as a head coach you don't have that much time and I thought I thought the show actually did a decent job of showing just how much he's got on his plate. Yeah, I think that when you look at uh, the at the end of the Detroit game when Ron looks at Jim Skipper and says, "Do you think we should go for two? And Jim Skipper goes, "Well, if you think we should go for two, then I think we should go for thanks, two." Thanks, Skip. That's yes. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the thanks for the help on that one. Uh, and I and it's like. That is why I really do think that Sam Mills III as as kind of a as this like game manager is going to help because I think when you have that much on your plate, it's nice to be able to look at somebody and say, Hey, should we go for two? And it's like, Well, actually, coach, we shouldn't because if we go for two now, they could still come down and win. Now's not the time to go for two. I love your enthusiasm. Let's pull that riverboat back and maybe send Graham out there to miss the extra point. The, <laughs> he's, an, he's another story into itself, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he. if you're looking at losers, Graham Gano oh, is yes. one of them. Yeah. I forgot how bad it got. Yeah. And I watched it again, and I'm like, wow, he really – he coincides with all that stuff that went wrong. I'm like, wow. It's true. And uh, Yeah, go ahead. I forget which game it was when they were, they were showing all the different coaches, kind of talking to their positional units and, like, talking them up, and then they get to Brady Hoke, and he's like – Tampa Bay, <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> Everybody good? All right. <laughs> and like, well, and then it's like Brady Hoke no longer we, with we the talk, team. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that yesterday. Like Brady Hoke should have just brought a suitcase and said, "All right, everybody, um, it's good to be." We came across as a college coach that had no idea why he was there. Yeah, and the players had no idea why he was there. He's yeah. like, "Oh, you're right though. Uh, football game this week. Yeah, big one. Pigskin. <laughs> Everybody good." <laughs> Every, can't believe he got fired during the season. Crazy how that works. How the entire defensive line, which is incredibly talented, took a huge step back <laughs> for the entirety of the season. Every single player on there, inclu- including future, future Hall of Famer Julius Peppers, just went in the toilet, and we're all just like, wow, Ron Rivera doesn't know how to coach. And it's like, well, it's probably the guy that's right in charge of them. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I, I think that, yeah, it, it <sighs> that Tampa Bay episode really – I mean, I text both of you when I – when I hit that part, it's like you kind of forgot as the season went on that moment how bad it was. Like the wheels kind of fell off right in that moment. Mm-hmm. It was just wow. Were you guys 100% on remembering what games we won as you're going through the show? I remember that, that we didn't that didn't win many games down the stretch. Well, I know yeah, that, that, but that part. But like when you're watching going back, because I, I didn't, you know, I wasn't reviewing a schedule and I was going, do we, do we come back and win this one? Yeah. There was a no. point where I said, oh, my gosh, how many more losses can I sit through? And I forgot Cleveland was also on there. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, God, there's one more. Well, <laughs> I knew that New Orleans and Atlanta was coming up. And I said, oh, right. no, after Tampa, I think it was after Tampa, oh, no, there's more of this. And good yeah. thing they cut that one kind of short. Even the NFL Films is like, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. we gotta <laughs> just, Let's just move. Let's just skip past it. They lost this It's one, clearly whatever. nothing. It's yeah. not all. It's clearly nothing at this point. Let's move on. I definitely <laughs> cried a lot more. Than I thought I was going to. I feel like I cried almost every episode over something different, like Abada and 
Tepper's mom, and I even may have cried. I was laughing during the Steve Smith thing because that was probably my favorite part of the show, but mm. I also cried a little bit about that, and it's very emotional. When Ryan Khalil at the end, mm. that just tore me apart. Yeah. That was – I mean, I cry a lot anyway, so I, I was due <laughs> to cry at that point in the week. You were prepared. That song they play, episode seven – there's two songs. There's the Ben Harper song, right, yes. they play at the end. But the, when they're going through the Tampa – when Khalil's on the field, on the knee, and TD comes over – the song by the – it's called Carry Me Home. Mm. Forget the name of the people that sang it. We played it yesterday. Uh, that song right there, oh, yeah, Waterworks. Uh, just, I mean, uh, I admit it. I'm a man that cries four or five times a week. But that particular point, oh, I was done. Just carry, carry me home. I feel like those are, those are good reasons to cry. It's like it's not – you're not crying because the, the ice cream machine is broken at McDonald's, which is, what, like 40%, 50% of the time? All the time. Yeah. All uh, the time. Sounds like a personal story. Yeah, <laughs> it's very, it's like suspiciously spe- specific. Mm. <laughs> it's too hard. You mentioned Gano as a loser. Who are the other winners and losers? You think? Um, I think uh, Dante Jackson. Obviously, we. T- I mean, obviously, he was unhappy big with loser. how he's portrayed. I don't know if he's a big <laughs> loser, but it's like to me, they they may have just hung a little bit too much on him for that Pittsburgh game. They, they gave up 52 points and uh, everybody was like, you got to stop making mistakes. And then on the first play of the game, James Bradbury falls for the pump fake and they go for a touchdown. So it's like uh, giving up a long touchdown to Antonio See, Brown is the not show. the worst. <laughs> he was, he yeah. Was. It's not the worst thing in the world. And so it's like, I think this was a little bit of rookie growing pains and he's going to get better. And, but uh, you know, I, I think maybe the way he portrayed got portrayed was as like a bad teammate and somebody that doesn't want to learn. I'm not sure that's who Dante is, but you know, I now it's always going to be in the back of your head as like, is that who Dante Jackson is for the, for probably for the rest of his career? Unfortunately, this is the kind of stuff that defines you. And also, um, I, I thought that uh, Taylor Heineke really got screwed because they didn't show him having his elbow get bent the wrong way before they showed him throwing three interceptions. The biggest winner. And I think this was the, the, Best reason for, for Panther fans to tune in other than just seeing your favorite team. But I, I, it felt like an introduction to, D- to David Tepper. I would like to go ahead and volunteer. Apparently, no one, no one that Dave knows uh, likes to stick around for all four quarters of a football game. <laughs> I would like to volunteer because every scene, every time, it would be Dave by himself in the booth. I'm just, Dave, I'm here for you. I'll high-five with you every time. Ten, we do both hands, one hand, whatever you want. I will, I will be there, and I will support the team with you all the way through the fourth quarter. So you don't have to be a billionaire sitting alone in your private box. Well, as Josh knows, yesterday I tried to uh, – I sent an Instagram request to uh, Tepper's daughter, <laughs> and I'll try to work my way into the family slightly. So, I'll, if, you know, maybe I can be up there in the in I think the that's called sliding into DMs. Not yes. the DMs. Just the, she had a private account, and she accepted it. Oh, oh man. You are in. Here but, but we I'm in it, go. But I'm here for conversation, not the $11 billion. Yeah, <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, so you're also reading as, it for the articles. As far as it. Dante goes, I think, uh, listen, we don't know how it's edited. It's not The Bachelor. I assume it's not quite as edited as, as in they're not trying to come up with villains. They're just going by what they see and what, what tells the story. That Pittsburgh game tells the story of the season because it really went downhill after that. So, unfortunately for Dante, he had some bad moments in a short week against a premier wide receiver in a week that really kind of turned the whole entire story in a different direction. Mm-hmm. So, if that happens in week number two, we probably move on. But it happens in a week where all of a sudden all hell broke loose, and it's it's that's probably why it's portrayed so heavily. Also, and call me, call me crazy, and I rewatched this a couple times just to kind of get the gist behind it. Did it feel to you like Mike Adams and Eric Reed and and Captain 
we're talking to Dante Jackson as if like you're going to be the number one corner here in Carolina and you have to be better than you are. Like that was the sense that I got. He said, you're covering number one. I couldn't tell whether it was you're covering Antonio Brown this week or you're moving up to cover the main guy every time because they, when they drafted Dante Jackson, they had talked about like matchup based corners and then that kind of all went out the window when Ross Cockrell got hurt and Kevon Seymour. But if, if that was kind of the plan, that is interesting in and of itself that Dante Jackson may have like passed James Bradbury a little bit on the, or at least came like one a and one B I thought was pretty interesting. I, I would think that'd be a one, a one B be just because of the, their size difference, their strengths are a, a little sure. bit different. And, and I do think it would be more of a matchup based. I think I hope know, so. when you've got a guy like Julio, I don't know that that's a great matchup for Dante. And obviously Bradbury's had some, you know, success there. So I, 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 I feel like that's, I feel like that was to, to the starter position, not to, like, supplanting mm-hmm. Bradbury. That's fair. It's a great combo because Bradbury takes the bigger wideouts and yeah. Dante gets the uh, the faster ones. And also, you got to be fair, they just casually mentioned, uh, by the way, one catch for minus three yards for Antonio Brown in the second half yeah. in that game. It's kind of like, oh, by the way, uh, nothing happened here in the second half. Yeah, so aside from that. That's important to mention, too. That, yeah, you got beat by the number one corner in the league, and you played it incorrect – or uh, number one wide receiver in the league, and you played it incorrectly, thought they were going to go back shoulder, and you – like, it happens. He's a rookie. That was, what, his eighth game? Like, yeah. I, I think he's going to be fine. It's just interesting that I don't – I I hope that he can shake this moniker for, for the rest of his career. And I think it's just going to take a little bit of, like, tweaking on his part to get there – whether it's kind of the way that he presents himself in the media and, and stuff like that. And I, it'll just be an interesting to see how it goes. I worry forward. about secondary leadership a little bit because Bradbury, not a real vocal guy, apparently. Eric right. Reed, we think he's vocal, wasn't on the show in that meeting. We, we don't know. We've only been there for a couple of weeks. So, uh, But someone in that secondary has got to be the vocal guy, kind of maybe keep Dante in line. Right. Who's that man? Maybe down the line in a year from now, Josh Norman comes back in a capacity of some sorts. But right now on this team, you've got a young guy in Golden. Young guy and Dante Jackson are still a relatively young guy, age-wise, and James Bradbury. Yeah. Who's that vocal leader back there is something that we'll monitor during the season. Now, I haven't updated my roster on the, in a while. Is Colin Jones still on the team? I mean, he's a uh, – No, he, I'm just joking. He's Sorry. still there. Yeah, yeah. he'll speaking, always be there. Speaking of stars of uh, all or nothing. <laughs> yeah, uh, Captain Colin Jones. No, I, I thought uh, maybe Ross Cockrell can do that. I mean, Ross Cockrell is a, maybe yeah. is not the most vocal or even the most kind of veteran guy, but he is – I mean, he's smart, so he – that that's you need somebody to kind of take you under your wing. So Where did he go to college? Maybe. Colin Ross Cockrell. I'm trying to remember. I forget. Great yeah, University I in Durham. I can't remember. Mm, exactly. UNCG, I think. <laughs> N- yeah, NCANT. So tell me this: Why did this thing come out so late? We are a day before training camp. This is coming out, I assume, tomorrow. What? 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 Yeah, it's coming out. Yeah, this behind is- the curtain, it's coming out. Yeah. The players are arriving at training camp as you're listening to this. Perfect. Probably. Perfect. Perfect. Why? Such a re- late release for something like this. Well, I think because they thought there was a chance that this team was going to be playing in the Super Bowl. And I think they just – like, that, that, that's the concept of the show. Like, I think that's how they've built it in. Like, okay, we're going to cover them. And then at, at the end of the season, that's when the date starts. Because I don't – I'm sure there are people that are – I mean, I don't know how it all works. But, you know, maybe these are people that were doing other jobs during the season or something. You know, like, I don't I don't know. Uh, to me, it's it's – because the season went the way that it was, the way that it kind of went, obviously downhill. And David Tepper, who obviously this was kind of an all or nothing David Tepper edition, 
was not going to say, hey, oh, and we just lost seven star, you know, we lost seven of the last eight and season's over, have a good one. That's the end of the year. Uh, you know, you kind of need to turn it back around to we're now it's Rock Hill and Cam had a surgery and we drafted Brian Burns and like you have to kind of turn the narrative back towards the positive. Uh, that that to me is kind of why they may have been sitting on it for a little bit. Well, all the seasons come out at the same time, right? Arizona, the Rams, Cowboys all came out at the same time. So why does Amazon and NFL release it this time of the year? I don't know. Does it have to do with just a week of people, not a lot going on in sports, and they can get a lot of No, but the other it. ones came out in like early June. Oh, did they? Yeah, so oh, this really? one they, they saved until the week before Are they trying camp? to line it up near Hard Knocks sort of? Where Maybe. people get into this show, then they go, I need more of this, and they, they release Hard Knocks on HBO. Is that part of it? Is that a – Could be. You know, I don't yeah. know. It's it's uh, or maybe they're just kind of trying to. The NFL was like, "Hey, we'll let you in, but you need to you need to release this right before training camp, so people get yeah fired up." Because the one of the things that I definitely saw on social media was after was over the weekend as everybody kind of binged all eight episodes. You saw a lot of people saying like, "Let's f go," because I am ready LFG. to watch. Yeah, exactly. A lot of LFGs going yeah. out there on Twitter and uh, not MFGs, which is not <laughs> no fun. Oh, you scared me for a second there. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know who LFG is. <laughs> it's Luke, Luke, Luke from Gastonia. Luke from Gastonia. Uh, before we move on, if they did all or nothing at your house, what would people think Dear about God you? Almighty. Oh, man. You guys go first. He, This guy bakes, too? <laughs> you, what are you baking? <laughs> what, what am I not baking? Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. I want to marry you. Yeah. Uh, I, this I, room. Oh, all right. <laughs> He's got a big He's, deck yeah. and he bakes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, that's why they call him the hog. <laughs> I, I don't, um, the, the question is like what they always take these little segments, right? Like Greg Olson is coaching his flag football team or like, you know, Cam Newton is having a tailor and they need like this one little, like five minute of you doing something that's extremely personal. Um, and I think it would be tending to my bird feeders. <laughs> I don't know. When I, is that going to be released? So I don't have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> It came out last year. Yeah. They show me with like a book, like my bird feeder book, and my uh, yeah, that's it. Wow, nerd. I don't even know what this. Colin, you go ahead. I'm gonna need to recover from. That. I, I, I already he already that. bakes. Oh, he's bake. he's okay. a baker. Mine, mine would be just an absolute disaster of a show because <laughs> it would be the nothing of all or nothing. There, there's no all going on. They'd be like, okay, when does he leave? Oh, okay, he's leaving. Okay, he's going to Harris Teeter. Okay, uh, he's going home now. Where's he going? Oh, he's going back to Harris Teeter <laughs> just for something to do. Uh, he, he's gonna he's gonna put stuff on the shelf, like not buy something, so he's got a reason to leave again. That would be sort of my stuff, like awful, just awful, just carnage, man, just social carnage. carnage. You do the first date leave behind at Harris Teeter. You like don't don't. You're like I need. I'll buy cereal, and then you're like, oh, I forgot the milk. Like you don't say it to anybody. Yeah, you walk yeah, in, yeah. and you're like, oh, snaps. I gotta go back. Like my <laughs> friends are at the U scan machine at this point in my life. <laughs> Oh, he's gonna binge a show again. <laughs> this guy's incredible in terms of binge watching. Nah, it'd be it would be it'd be fun to watch me interact with the show people, like on the show, yeah, and that sort of stuff. But once we get to from like eleven a.m. to like five a.m. the next day, they would be like, "Is he ever gonna? What can we script here so he leaves?" Is he is he breathing? He has not moved <laughs> in three and a half hours. We're concerned at this point. Someone check him. He looks at his phone a lot. Yeah. <laughs> are any of you? Wasn't he married? <laughs> are any of you further in Candy Crush than Greg Olson was on the show? 
No, I didn't even he know that. He was so proud of it, too. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I didn't know it went that high. I thought there were so many great Greg Olson moments oh, in that show. That he was probably the big winner. Yep. Ah, I would Other, say so. I, I would say him and Tepper, but, I mean, Tepper was really – I felt more of an introduction. I felt like Olsen won the series. You think? I did, too. I might I give it now to we see Now we see why TV wants him so bad, not just the football announcement. There's a lot of personality there that we don't yeah. always see all the time. We, we talked about storylines we didn't see. with One with him is – and I was curious, and I'm not surprised we didn't get we didn't we didn't see it. But I remember when he came back and and he talked about the pressure that he felt to come back last season. And I was curious to mm. see if we were going to see any of that, and and it didn't really come through because I remember hearing and being like, from from who from where is this pressure coming from? But him singing "Unpretty" was amazing. We need more of that. It really was more of that. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, it's training camp preview time. Make sure to tune in to the newest podcast on the Riot Network, the Carolina Line, every Tuesday launching August 6th. I'm Stormy Bonatoni with former Panthers Al Wallace. Al Wallace, your pass rusher here. And Kevin Donnelly. The guy that protects the QBs, and we got the inside knowledge. (laughs) Featuring moments like this. Ten-year NFL veteran and played here last five seasons with the Carolina Panthers, part of the best defensive line in Carolina Panthers Mm. history. I'm going to put that out in the atmosphere. Right hey, now, it, we're extremely excited. Yeah, to dig into some X's and O's. Talk about the big guys on the line. You know, when you have a four man look, a quarterback is looking at four guys that are probably your four main rushers. With a three four line, you know, your three main rushers, where's the other guy coming from? There's going to be somebody from somewhere. And what excites me, I think, a little bit is. You know, Luke, I think, can continue to improve on his pass rushing skills. He said that, I think, maybe two camps ago, that he wants to get better at that. But what I think I'm getting excited about is maybe that role of Shaq Thompson, you know, a guy that had three and a half sacks last year in just certain situations where they blitzed him. But he is so fast and so athletic. I'm just envisioning him, you know, running a cross dog with, with Luke Keekley in the middle and he breaks free or he loops around one of the ends that's pinching and takes up a couple of linemen and just seeing that speed come around the corner and close in on quarterbacks. That, you know, to me, that's what I'd like to see from this defense. That's the Carolina Line. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever your local podcasts are sold. Nice. <laughs> We get to my personal life during the break. That's what happens during the breaks. We uh, refill our waters and we talk about your personal life. Oh yeah, it's, um, I'm Thanks glad to be being here. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. That Training was, yeah, that, camp. I wish I wish that you got there was an all or nothing being filmed about that particular conversation. Yeah, it where's was, Kevin at? It was all. It was everything. You it guys was. found out you can be kicked off Tinder during that break. Yeah, huh? exactly. <laughs> now now you know. I had to Google with my work computer about Tinder shadow ban. <laughs> <laughs> there I go. Yep. <laughs> Oopsie. All right, training camp. What is happening with Brian Burns and this contract? Um, I'm not particularly worried about it. I think it's one of those things where he was in Florida the past couple months. I, from what I understand, it was kind of never going to happen during this break. It's like he like they've been kind of slowly negotiating. And if it's uh, if if tonight, as you're listening today, if tonight he hasn't signed and it bleeds into Thursday, then we might be getting into some trouble. But I think it's like these little – so there's only like three or four things that are even negotiable in these rookie contracts. There's the offset language, which basically means like how the money gets paid if they don't make the team, which is really important for quarterbacks. So that makes sense for why Daniel Jones had held out, but now he signed. 
uh, and it, then um, injury kind of payouts. Those things can make a big difference sometimes. You know, what happens if you do get injured and you can't play the rest of your contract? Do they, do, do, does your contract void? Things like that. What can you do to void your contract? These are kind of the things that are, and the big one is when your signing bonus gets paid out. So it's like whether it gets all paid out, whether they cut you a check the first day that you sign, whether it kind of lat, whether they spread it out. It, those are the the things that can be negotiated and they're getting he- held up. I don't think it's a coincidence that four of the five guys that were holding out from the first round were all CAA guys. I have a feeling they're kind of negotiating as an agency because they don't want to give up something for Bosa or Williams that they give up for Burns or vice versa. So I personally, I don't really ever worry about these things until they are something to worry about. He also changed agencies after the draft too in May. Yeah. So I don't know if that factors in at all. He had an agent, and then after he got drafted, dropped the agency, went to CAA. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. But um, also, Marty Herney might be busy binge-watching All or Nothing. So Great might, question. Yeah, he could be uh, just Well, he wasn't right. on the show, so he's probably watching himself, <laughs> watching him, watching the show, looking for himself like like we all Sorry, are. Brian, I've been busy watching my show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, did Cam, did Cam watch the entire series, or was he watching game tape instead of watching the series like <laughs> he was supposed to be? It's <laughs> a very good point. Um, now we're talking about holdouts. Can we just go to this Melvin Gordon thing real quick? And the reason why is running backs seem to be a thing now where they, they want to be paid more. Is this going to turn into a recurring yearly thing? Well, if it's going to turn into a yearly thing, the next one to hold out is going to be Christian McCaffrey. So <laughs> that's uh, why. Best friend. So if you want to, oh, <laughs> um, I'll call him. Yeah. <laughs> let, let him know. Maybe, maybe shoot him a slide into his DMs. I've tried. Um, <laughs> They also they banned you from that too. Yeah. So when, when I go to camp, I've got to deal with David Tepper because I tried to holler at his daughter and Christian McCaffrey, who I've tweeted seventy five straight times. Anyway, continue with the holdout talk. There. No, uh, yeah, but everybody wants to hear that. I I don't think that it's something that you need to worry about now, but I think that it's something. Again, it's like something to keep your eye on, especially with this Melvin. If it becomes a thing where is where a running back defines the entire position. And if you're looking at somebody that will define the entire position, you're looking at Christian McCaffrey, who is on the field for 92% of the plays, who is the entirety of this offense for the most part. Obviously, Cam is very important. But, you know, at this point, we're kind of turning into a new era in Panthers offense where Christian McCaffrey might be driving the bus versus Cam Newton. And if somebody is going to hold out to define somebody that needs to make more money – and a GM is going to give a running back a huge contract, it's probably going to be a con- combination of Christian McCaffrey and Marty Herney. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's why I don't worry about it, because Marty Herney doesn't have problems paying running backs, and nor should he in this case. I don't know if anyone at this table disagrees, but if his contract was up today, I'd say sign him, re-sign him. The, the, the conversation that happens about running backs and running backs being devalued are about the 80% of the running backs. They're, they're about the middle tier. No, you, guess what? You don't want to pay middle tier wide receivers. You don't want to overpay middle tier linebackers. You don't want to pay overpay middle tier anything. So, But it, it, running back has been through a, a period where we did not have a tremendous amount of running back talent. I mean, when Trent Richardson was the, the guy that was going to the top of the draft and couldn't even make a team, the, the, the running back position went through a, a lull 
And now with guys like him and Saquon Barkley, I think really the top two. These yep. guys drive offenses. They aren't running backs. They are weapons. And no one defines that more than, than, than Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. So anytime anybody has these conversations about running backs and not paying running backs, Melvin Gordon is exactly the kind of guy that you have that conversation about because he's not the same pass catcher. Because he does – he is, is a more limited uh, player than a guy like Christian McCaffrey or Barkley. These guys – are the ones – it doesn't matter what position they play, you pay them because they matter. And if anybody thinks that Christian McCaffrey isn't somebody that matters, I, I, got, I got some lists that will, that will suggest otherwise. It's a fascinating conversation because you could do it now and then there's that risk factor where three or four years from now, how does how does that – running backs, are, there's, no, there's no warning sometimes when they go or when injury happens. Look at Todd Gurley. A year ago we are going, this guy's the best in the game. Now we're questioning Todd Gurley's future. And they Thanks. gave him $45 million right. guaranteed. So in a year, what's that going to look right. like? So you can, do the, you can do the, the, the Atlanta Braves type thing where you just lock him up now, lock up your young player, and then just hope that the health uh, maintains what it should be. But also, if you wait a couple years, what is he going to be worth? If he continues on this path, sure. what is he – because the agent's going to he's going to tell Marty, if he's a GM and whatever time the contract's up, hey, here's the running back stats. Oh, by the way, here's the receiver stats, too. You're not just paying. Barkley and McCaffrey's agents are saying, here's the running back numbers. Here's the receiver numbers. It's more than just a running back. So what is he going to be worth three years from now, whatever it's up? Well, a year ago at the beginning of last season, I think when you would have talked about the best running back in the NFL from a rushing and receiving standpoint, you probably would have talked about Le'Veon Bell, who sat out the entirety of the of the Pittsburgh season. And while he was sitting out, third-round draft pick James Conner rushed for 1,100 yards, had seven, uh, however many yards he had receiving, and basically took his place to the point where Pittsburgh was like, well, look, we're fine. And I don't know whether that is a James Conner yes. issue. or it's whether credit to James Conner. A credit to James Conner. But then you look at, yeah, so you say Melvin Gordon is a guy that is part of the 80%, but Melvin Gordon has been absolutely spectacular in San Diego. has been one of the reasons why they've been winning. And I think that it's just like, where does that level end? And I understand Chris McCaffrey is, is at the level where you care. But I also thought that Le'Veon Bell was at that level as well. So it, it, to me, it's like when you think about you hire a director of analytics who's going to tell you, don't pay your running back $15 million a year. And that guy's a moron. In this situation, and Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell has a lot more uh, tread off of his tire at this point, too. That's a good and, point. And he was a guy that was getting relied on more heavily, even in just the, 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 the run game, than Christian McCaffrey was. They were very good. Everybody freaked out about the snap percentage, but they were very good at keeping his, uh, particularly his run totals, down. And, you know, if you throw it to the outside and he can slip outside, that's a play he doesn't get hit on. And he still converts and gets you yardage. Le'Veon Bell and, – and would anybody have complained if Le'Veon Bell, you know, got paid over the last, you know, five years? No. And that's where you're going to be because this is now – you know, with you have a guy as talented as Christian McCaffrey, they become – there's only certain guys that matter at that running back position. And most of them, you would say – I mean, should you pay D'Angelo and Jonathan Stewart? Mm, no, you probably shouldn't. But a guy that does this much, and you said it, that that is now the center of this offense. This is the first year since Cam Newton has been here that I think, and you could say it started last year, but first year with North Turner, we hadn't seen CMC do it to the level that he did it last year where he had over 1,950 all or yards from scrimmage. He is now the best player on this offense. And for the first time since Steve Smith left, 
he Cam Newton's playing with a guy that had, that 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 had more than 1,200 yards from scrimmage in a season, and he had 1,950. That's that's a t- that's a huge difference, and that's his best weapon. And now this year we get the uh, the wide receiving core a little bit older. We get CMC in his second year with North Turner, and if Cam Newton comes back with a healthy shoulder, man, this offense is ready to rock. And even if his shoulder isn't and is never going to be the same as it was, as long as he can throw it further than seven yards. And I'm not trying to be flippant, but that's where we were at the end of last year. Sure. Then this offense and Christian McCaffrey are ready to hum. Are we headed towards a dangerous area here? Uh, James Bradbury's contract's up this year. We'll see uh, what happens with him. But going forward, we're talking about McCaffrey. Well, Kiki's going to get paid again soon too, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Cam's contract comes up not too long from now. Mm -hmm. So we've got Cam, Keekley, and McCaffrey's contracts all coming up around the same time. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting to see how much money they dole out to those guys I, I and how that affects the rest of the roster. We're That's just a lot of juggling that's going to be done It's there. true. No, you're absolutely right. I think we're going to see a lot of changes happening to this roster of guys that you are used to that you consider to be Carol- core Carolina Panthers. Mario Addison's deal is up after this year. Daryl Williams. Shaq Thompson's deal is up after this year. Daryl Williams is back for a year. Like, these guys are – McCoy's like, on one year. Bruce yeah, Irvin's on one they year. They have a ton of guys on one year deals. You've also, you've also, TD's gone, and these guys make more than TD. Olsen did. will be gone. Olsen will be gone Olsen too. Gone. I mean, yep. th- there are some big numbers that Both. came off, and and I think I think these are. The, but we talk about you have that core group of of five guys, seven guys, whatever it's going to be. To me, I don't care that Chris McCaffrey plays at a position that people now say is diminished. They're wrong. They aren't watching him play football. Like just, it's just, I don't yeah. know. And then you look at some of the, the big money guys that may have to be expendable down the line because of these guys. A guy like K.K. Short's making a lot of money. Yep. If he doesn't play at a higher level than he did last year, that could be one they go, you know, we've got to make some room here. Um, you know, what's, what's Trey? I'm, I'm not saying he's going anywhere. What's Trey Turner's contract status, too? When does his – that's another guy that's a perennial Pro Bowler. I, uh, I, I would say I think he goes through 2021. Again, um, around the same time, though, right? Another, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's through 2021. A guy like Gano's contract, who's making a lot for a kicker, may eventually be a guy who you look at and say, okay, let's sure. try to find some, save some money. Here. Oh, man, his season. Sorry. He, he was just at the tie. He had just broken through. I just made it just makes me so sad because it's like right after that Giants game, he was like king of the walk and like people were wearing the Ganolo Gano shirts and it was like Graham Gano has finally overcome missing teams. that kick <laughs> and it's like things are happening for Graham Gano like oh. he is everybody loves him and then it's just like and, oh, and now it's, he had now so everybody many bad him. moments consecutively in games yeah, too it's, where it's like he was a bigger he was a so many letdown kicks, right, where you're feeling good and all of a sudden it's like, oh, hitting the upright multiple times. And it started in that Redskin game the week after the Giants game. I wonder if that ne- he was kind of making some some uh, inroads towards the end of the season that, that maybe that knee was really affecting him. And it's like, all right, well, I mean, that's obviously something that you're going to say when you're missing all those kicks. But something, maybe something to that. Training camp. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're back. We're and back. we're back to training we're camp. Back. We were no, in 2021 for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Great we're coming year. back. We're coming back. Uh, who are you most looking forward to seeing this year? Um, uh, to me the most so the most fascinating non-cam shoulder storyline for me is what Rashawn Golden is going to do and what they're going to do with him. Um, I think it's really interesting that he's the best option at both free safety and nickel corner and where they're going to play him. And during OTAs, he was kind of like moving around and playing a lot of a lot of different positions and not just – you expect a guy like that if they think he's going to be the starting free safety to just plop there and play a lot. And he did. He played a lot of free safety snaps, but he played some snaps and nickel back too with the – so it's like they need – 
they need somebody else to step in and either be and probably be the nickel cornerback because they have other options, right? They have they can use Kevon Seymour, Corn Elder, I guess Ross Cockrell. But like they can, they I have guess. other options. I, I thought we, I thought we were on Team Ross, like heading into last season. I love like, Ross Cockrell, but he's not a slot corner. He's an outside corner. He's like a zone corner. That's why I thought that last year they should have been that if they had been able to start Bradbury and Cockrell on the outside, you use Dante Jackson as your fast kind of corner who overtakes Captain Munnerlin and then it's like here's the speedy quick small slot corner but it turns out Dante was so good on the outside although I saw I heard I saw from some inside sources that uh, maybe he doesn't take um, advice very well really what I don't know where did you hear that at I don't know I actually I have a pretty good um, uh, I have like this this ability to be able to kind of see what's happening inside the building last year. And like right before that Pittsburgh game, uh, I felt like some guys were talking <laughs> to him. Prove I had it. this like, prove it. it was like a spidey prove sense, it. like a Joshy sense, We've like a big heard, doggy sense. I've heard from, and Mac and I have heard from somebody and I've heard from another person that Josh Norman at the Cam Newton kickball game said, I'm coming home soon to the, to the person that I know and said, basically like, I, I don't need a lot of money when it ends here in Washington, I'm coming yeah. home. I've heard from other people that the Panthers would have interest in Josh as a safety, as a free safety. So I don't know when that ends for Josh Norman in Washington. Don't know that whole situation, but there has been some chatter that that could be a potential safety down the line for them. I think we start pushing for him to get cut. So you do. Just make him out to be this I mean, big mouth. I've jumped the bull, man. Why don't jump the bull? He doesn't care about football. Yeah, he doesn't care. Look, he's he said That's he wants out. Just just say mm-hmm. just keep just keep saying Josh Norman said all this nasty <laughs> stuff about Washington, and then we'll just we'll get him down here sooner than rather than later. Been told that we're one customer away from being explicit. <laughs> <laughs> we're like we're like Eminem in the early two thousands. <laughs> one good segment away from being listenable too. Uh, I think that uh, so Josh Norman, uh, FYI, if the if the if Washington decides, they would save $11.3 million by releasing Josh Norman. And they got a Trent Williams and situation I, going on, too, over there. And I have also heard <laughs> they got a quarterback that, that has a jungle gym on his leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I have also heard that Josh Norman wants to come back yep. and that they would he would be welcomed with open arms. And so. Cam and Kiki are going to make the call. Yeah. <laughs> and he's gonna, that's and he's, what my sources he's, told me. Now he's not going to know if it's a joke or not. Yeah. What are you all talking about, man? <laughs> yeah, you're coming back. No, I'm not. They're just going to try to fool him again. Uh, what injuries are we keeping an eye on starting Cam. out here? Cam. 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 Whoa, any no- Cam. Any non-Cam story-wise, injury-wise? Cam. Paris? Yeah, I think uh, – Oh, yeah, it's a good one. I, I mean, this will probably – you may be already listening to this once, like, this happens. Somebody is going to start – I, I have a feeling that it's either going to be Matt Paradis or Daryl Williams is going to start the year, the training camp on the pup list, which is not that big of a deal. I mean, it's not nothing, but whatever. Julius Peppers and Curtis Samuel started the, started the year on the pup list. Um, and Peppers was back like four days later. Olsen, so. Olsen also is one that you monitor for sure. Yeah, Ron for R- sure. Ron Rivera would like to, s- to refer to as the Tahoe list. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Shake your hand there. Yeah. <laughs> Tahoe, Tahoe had more air time than I did. Yeah. <laughs> I talked for three and a half hours lines. that day. Yeah, I'm not bitter about it, though. Season two, I'll, season two of the Panthers one, I'll be on more. They also let him out on the field, so <laughs> – yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the. Was Tahoe on the field more than Matt Khalil was? 
Yes. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's 100%. Put that on your notes. Cam <laughs> Cam asked me and Jordan if Beyonce was old school music. Jordan says it depends what album. Cam had already turned away, so all you hear is me going, yeah. That's and then you. It's, and then it's. Oh, my God. You have more air time than oh I did. God, I'm a, oh, I thought it was God. Ryan Anderson. Happening. New, I thought uh, Ryan Anderson said something about it. I it's pictured some little old yeah. person that was like. I am. I use moisturizer, so I do not look as old as you may think. <laughs> that was you. Look at oh you. Oh, my gosh. I guess the hog and I are the only ones that didn't make this show. I know. All right. You don't want well, to. I, I really didn't either. To be honest about it, can't put the hog on the show. <laughs> it really changes the rating. Uh, I think that it's like oh, they wanted oh, to build oh, the practice oh. facility on my deck, but I yes. said, "Hey, hey, get your own." They didn't get the whole, the whole, hey. the whole hog. Put that bubble over it. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's just I'm just a little bit worried about how the offensive line is going to look at the beginning of training camp. I, I think it'll be fine going forward, but you know these guys. They they missed they missed a lot of time so they missed a lot of time last year and it goes downhill real fast. The last episode I made Josh Parcell very sad by telling him that if uh, if Greg Little does not work out at left tackle, your backups are a sixth rounder and uh, who else? I don't even know who else. There's another there's another tackle who I can't even pull the name off the top of my head and a guy who missed the entire year is Tahoe. your backup left tackle. Tahoe. Put Tahoe yeah, Tahoe's in. out there. So it's like we're back in a Chris Clark situation immediately. Well, Christian McCaffrey averaged 5 yards a carry last year, so I'm going to just going to believe that we're going to be okay. Uh, sure. I mean, I, I really do. Like I I think that I don't I don't think there's an exception. Maybe there's an exceptional line in there. I think there's probably going to be a passable line in there somewhere. I think Speaking if they, of the O-line, did you guys find it interesting and it was a very subtle comment in all or nothing about Cam blamed himself for the T.J. Watt hit. Mm-hmm. He didn't. Yes. Yeah, a lot of fans yeah. will blame yeah. T.J. Watt. Norv blamed himself in the booth. Or yep. He said, that's on me. Cam said he turned. It wasn't like he was doing it in front of the media. Talking to his teammates, he said he turned his body into, into T.J. Watt. I thought that yeah. was interesting, too, that a lot of fans are – they want to – they want to villainize T.J. Watt, but Cam didn't. Cam just said, no, I turned my body into him. I threw it into him. So that's kind of an interesting uh, little Yeah, little no, I, there I, too. those kind of, like, little nuggets yeah. are the best parts yep. of All or Nothing. Yep. Like, like that, like the little, mo- like the little, like one second that I- if you miss it, if you blink, you miss it. Do you those know how are the much best money things. this hand is touched? Or how much paper yeah. this hand <laughs> is touched? Yeah. There yeah. was a lot of GVR. I felt like too. I would, I could have used more GVR. More, more, and more GVR. Well, sure. I mean, we're in the main hurts hive, obviously. Greg Van Roan came on the show a couple weeks ago. It was fascinating. He's, he's, a, he's awesome, brilliant. right? Yeah. He's that's another guy. So it's like. I get it. You can't put everybody on the show. Not everybody gets their own segment. But it's like that guy, was, he he by his own admittance was like minutes away from never playing football again. He was just like, well, I, I was just like looking for jobs and I got a call from the Panthers. And now he's there. He played 100% of the snaps last year. Wow. That's fascinating. That's crazy. And I and you just heard about it here on One Day Contract. The the NFL, to go back to that T.J. Watt hit, still refusing to take action on a hit. Just, I, I, it, it's confusing to me. I fine. You don't like Cam as the NFL. It's not the way you guys want to play quarterback. W- who benefits from having your quarter from having any quarterback having their open shoulder blown up by a helmet? Who benefits? And and don't tell me for a second that if Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers, because we've already seen it happen, if they had taken that same hit and gotten injured, suffered a shoulder injury, maybe Andrew Luck and his reconstructed shoulder took that hit, and all of a sudden he's injured. Do we think that there'd be a rule saying, hey, let's let's not let's not do that anymore? And yet, again, just as it just as if it was week one against Denver, the NFL just keeps going along and it's gonna take somebody 
that they actually like in a market they actually care about on a team they actually care about actually getting hurt to, to protect these guys. So. Are you ready for the most exciting three minutes in podcasting? Oh, yeah. We'll just put ourselves on mute. <clears throat> Hornets corner. Hornets corner. Sweet. Finally get to talk about the fact that Michael Jordan. I don't want to do this. Michael <laughs> Jordan has inked a big-time free agent. Zion is a member of Jordan Brand. Well, yeah, how about that? Well done, MJ. Bringing him in, bringing in the next generation to the to the fold. I'm sad. <laughs> I didn't know this was a part of this. I should have read the notes. Would you rather? Would you know. rather me? Do, would you rather do a trivia question? I could do a trivia. No, I'd, I'd like to question? talk about something involving the Hornets. Okay, so the NBA for the first time in our lives has a lot of parity, right? Mm -hmm. There's probably three or four teams that could win a championship, but there's ten to twelve that really feel like they're in. Like you can look at it and go, yeah. okay, Portland even they got great guards. Like every team. From a from one to like fifteen or so has some sort of hope, and then there are teams that are climbing with hope. So there's a league filled with parity, and the Hornets are now the worst team in basketball, or that or the second worst. No, team. they are the worst. They are so the worst. all these teams. We're in a, we're in an era of hope. Yes, of hope and, 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 yes. and futures. Of have we've got nothing. And have not. We are the U.S. Women's National Team to to the men's soccer world. That's who we are at this point. We have nothing. Uh, and it's just in the the sad part for me about about Kemba Walker as they continue to mute themselves over there. It's fine. Is that it wasn't like Kemba got torn with Dallas and Boston and the Hornets and he had to make a decision and he went Kawhi and he and it was a, obviously a tough thing for him. They they announced like three days in advance. Woj did that Kemba may sign with the Hornets on Sunday or uh, the Celtics on Sunday night at six. It wasn't like he did the meetings and was torn. No, that thing was done so far in advance. And we could do nothing to stop it, could we? Nothing to stop it. And and the only reason, the only reason he's even still here is because we have a stupid bathroom bill in 2017. Because if we host the All-Star game in 2017, there's zero chance that he's on this roster. He may have gotten traded a year ago. You know that Pat McCrory, who works with us on WBT, came in that there, the day Kemba was leaving and said, where's Kemba going? And I had to point out, well, the All-Star game getting moved may have been that's it that's all for hornet's right. corner oh, thank it. you very much miserable miserable thanks three for a thank you that was fantastic Go back I feel good about things it's gonna be i, I really look things. forward to it as as we uh as the wait. season actually starts oh man we get some some of those hot uh miles bridges takes and uh how PJ PJ Williams is that who they drafted? PJ Washington. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It's the same. It's like pescatarian and Episcopalian. Yeah, yeah, they're all the same. <laughs> Josh, we'll talk more Devonte Graham next week. Would you be interested in my trivia question? Yeah, I like trivia. Okay. okay. Like we're about to go. We're about to get to game time, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. We'll, yeah. then, we'll do that. We'll, we'll do that. No, no, no. I <laughs> want to hear the trivia <laughs> question. I want your trivia question. I did my CMC. I was doing some CMC research because we said he had it over 1,900 yards last year. Um, only, by the way, only 23 players all time have had two seasons over 1,900 yards uh, from the from uh, from scrimmage. Uh, two seasons over 1,900 yards by age 25. There are only 10 of these. He he and Saquon Barkley will be attempting to join this club of 10 of 10 players who have two seasons over 1,900 yards from scrimmage by uh, age 25. I will tell you this: six of them are in the Hall of Fame, and the other ones are more current <laughs> than that. Are they still active? Well, we do have uh, – let's see. Do we have anyone still active? We is do still have one active, yes. Is anyone in uh, perhaps an analyst for the NFL on CBS? Uh, so <laughs> 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 Thank 
That's Ladanian Tomlinson, right? Yes. That's who I'm, yeah. Yes. Okay. He would That's be. He would be right. correct. So we got Ladanian we got Tomlinson. Ten here? Yes, Ladanian Tomlinson. One guy. Wait, did we have s- to name ten. Yeah. We. I mean, we. We name as many as you can. So we're just doing rapid fire here. It's easy. Edron James. Edron James. Ooh, is, nice. Is correct. We Underrated have, in this whole this whole deal. He really is. I uh, think he got screwed because if he was on he was on Peyton's team. Yep. And so it's like everybody just assumed he wasn't good because well, yeah, the offense ran because eight, of Peyton. Eight more to go. Eight more to go. Clinton yeah. Portis on there. Ooh. Clinton Portis is not okay. on this list. I wanted to say AP, but that can't be. He is not on this He's list. He's a current player, though. That's why I was thinking that was the current. Uh, Barry Sanders? No. The older. Oh. oh. Wow. Barry Sanders. Might have been older than. Oh, no, 25, yeah. you said, right? Yeah. yeah. So right. under he actually tw- has one. Under 25. And we're two seasons of ni- yeah, over two, 1,900 Two yards. seasons. Under 25. You had one in the 70s, although uh, more memorable from the 80s. Um, Dorsett? Hers- Herschel Dor- Walker. Mm. No, Dorsett. Nope. Mm. Wow, I'm going through Tech Bowl guys now. Yeah, <laughs> <All right>. Otis <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> OJ Anderson. He, he pops up on some of these lists. There. Oh, oh, hey, hey. OJ. OJ. Rodney Wait. Hampton. I'm just. I used to play with no. the OJ the o- Simpson. The other OJ. <laughs> one one season. He has mm. only his one okay. season. Okay. All right. Um, how about former Ron Rivera teammate Walter Payton? Mm. He'd be the first. He was the oh. first guy to do it. You also have Eric Dickerson. Gail Sayers. No sir. Lev Bell, who got mentioned earlier. Ah. Yep. Emmett Smith. Oh, Roger Craig. Okay. Yeah. Almost not quite. He was actually, a, he was, <laughs> yes. He was one. I'm so happy <laughs> yes. with myself. Yep. Yeah. Nice job. Uh, Thurman Thomas, Zeke Elliott, Marcus Allen, and uh, a guy named Ray Rice, who I think we're not supposed to mention. Yeah. No, 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 no. We just so it's nine. Oh, we can mention him again. Oh, he's fine. Nine guys. We'll just, we'll just add that out. That'd be six of, but again, six of ten are in the Hall of Fame. The four that aren't: Zeke Elliott, Edron James, um, Ray Rice, and Love Bell. And some of those guys are absolutely. Edron James should be in the Hall of Fame. Edge is going in. We'll see about Zeke and and Love, but that's the class that Saquon and CMC are trying to join. That's that. Wow. Wow. He's not just a run of the mill running back out there. And so now we're talking about yeah, okay. So if he gets if If he he gets there, right? If he if he gets there, then he would become the twenty. Well, either one of them would become the twenty fourth player all time to have two seasons over nineteen hundred yards. I mean that that's that's a that's an elite company. We don't you know go through the names, but I just don't think people put CMC in this type of category. And oh, by the way, first game you came up with Ladainian Thomason, who I think is probably the best comparison for Christian McCaffrey right now. You look at his seasons when he was when he was putting up his incredible numbers in the early 2000s. He had 372 rush attempts, followed by 313. Jeez. CMC had 219 last year. They are being more responsible already, and that's why at this point with him, like I'm not worried about a durability. Does Marshall Falk not make that list? Ooh. Not not under the age of 25. Okay. Yes, he does. Uh. Yes. I also I think I will be interested to see how many carries uh, McCaffrey gets this year because I think they were easing him into the the rushing part of it. I think you look at, I mean, so the, the thing for me is that McCaffrey last year became the third player in NFL history with at least 1500 career rushing yards and 1500 career receiving yards in their first two seasons. Alvin Kamara also did it in his first two years. So when I say like that, the running back position is getting devalued. It's just, there's just more of these guys. It had been done once 
in the first 80 years of the NFL, and it gets done twice in the last three. And that's what's happening. The, the position of running back is being redefined. And, yeah. and is, is even though if you said CMC or Kamara, I guarantee you nationally that vote would be a whole lot closer than it should be because Kamara does not handle, and they don't want him to try and handle right. the workload that Christian McCaffrey is being at. Kamara was on that list that came out what yesterday about the most overrated players in the NFL. It also had Olsen mm. on it. Well, I listen, didn't, just a, didn't just like a dude put that out? Like that's Probably. the thing is if you a know dude? how to work, if you know how to do like Adobe InDesign, you just create these like worst players in the league and you put it up there and people are like, I can't believe this guy said this. And it's like, this guy has like 42 followers. And it's those, not are, even those are lame lists and that you, that you can't take them seriously. And yet on the Mac attack, we will go through that list probably tomorrow at 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 6.05 <laughs> a.m. We, 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 have, a, we have a guy on tomorrow that predicted the Panthers going 4-12. and 12. We're not exactly sure who he is, but he's on at 9.20 tomorrow. Yeah. And I said, Mac, I said, Mac, how are you going to intro him? He said, I don't know. I'll ask him on the air what he does. All right, that's fine. Yeah. That's July. Who cares? Do you get paid to do this? Yeah. Let's start it that way. We're Mac's gonna like he's got to want a Twitter followers. So like, all right, I'll put him on. All right, perfect. We're going to save my game for next time because Colin's game won. Um, I don't know if my game won, but it was a game. It was a game. It was It was good. a game. I liked it. Uh, the Bone, where can people find you? Usually in Mooresville a lot of times, but sometimes I do go uptown once in a while. You and Chuck are at the pool? Me and Chuck from uh, <laughs> Vietnam. Chuck, my neighbor, we go to the pool sometimes. How old is Vietnam Chuck? Uh, in his 70s. Nice. To be clear, did he fight in Vietnam or is he just Vietnamese? <laughs> no, he, I think he, he fought. He fought in one of the wars. Okay. I think it was okay. right. He That's calls fair. himself the Laminator. He's got a nickname, the Laminator, okay. because he laminates stuff for people in the neighborhood. Like if you have a piece of paper you want laminated, he call, he, I, I'm being serious, he wears a hat and a shirt that says the Laminator. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? He wears a shirt and a hat that it, says the laminator no, he, on Yes, both, yes. And Those he, are incredible gifts you got. And I Bone and the laminator hitting the pool he, sounds like a CBS asks, procedural waiting to happen. He tells me every time, what do you need laminated? So I'm like, I just give him like random stuff. I'm like, here, laminate this. Here's it's my time cable for the bill. Laminator. <laughs> he laminated an article on me in the Lake Norman Citizen for me. Just Aww. That actually sounds pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, but me I, and the laminator, that's so, oh, oh, you've been on Twitter though, right? Oh, at T-Bone WFNZ. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you meant actually physically where can you find me? Oh, I, at T-Bone WFNZ on I, Twitter. I'm also on Instagram. I tap that follow. Just tap the follow right there. I like it. Yep. Also, I heard that you are uh, one of um, Mr. Tepper. I couldn't pull her name. What's Tepper's daughter's <laughs> name? How dare you. Karen? How Casey, dare you? Casey. There's two. There's Randy and Casey. Okay. Randy, Which one are you following on Instagram? Uh, Casey. Because okay. Randy, Randy uh, is married, I believe, we believe. Gotcha. And Casey, who has a boyfriend. I'm glad they're happy. But yeah, okay. I followed her on there. And she had her account private. Yeah. And then I put it – I wasn't trying to, like, out her Instagram. I was just talking about it on the air. I didn't – and then all of a sudden today, not private anymore. Boom. She got a bunch of listener follows, and she's like, what's going on here? I'm making them private. <laughs> Colin. I'm also trying to friend Brian Tepper, the son. Yeah, <laughs> that's. I think that's a good. That's, that's, just, that's just to a be better bros. way. Yeah, in. just to be you want to be bros with a billionaire son because be a billionaire son is like, you know what we should go do is like buy something and then just burn it to the ground. Like that's what a billionaire son. <laughs> if does. I come in here next time and say, yeah, I'm leaving here to eat Bubba Burgers with Brian Tepper, then that'd be pretty cool. Wouldn't it? Yeah, me, me and him are bros. <laughs> and then we're gonna go buy Atlanta and burn it down. Me, Brian Tepper, and Chuck, my neighbor. The, la- the, the, laminator. Laminator. the laminator. The laminator, the bone, and big and tap and little tap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Colin, where can they find you? At Colin CLT. You did that so much better than I did. <laughs> Sorry. Josh? I had to keep it short. Sorry. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Klein Rules, R U L E S. And on Instagram, Josh Klein Rules, R U L E Z. 
<laughs> you need some consistency there. That's going to screw up for all your fans, especially now that you're a star. For all the, yeah, exactly. For for, for uh, all the Tepper family who I want to follow. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, any riot notes you need to tell the folks? All kinds of riot notes. Uh, uh, basically, um, we got a ton of riot report content coming out for training camp. Uh, I'll be down there every single day uh, talking to players, telling you what I see. I like to do recaps. Um, a lot of places will just like kind of regurgitate what people tweet out and put that out as a recap. But um, mine comes out a little bit later because I, I like to really like try to get as in-depth as possible and try to really paint it, paint a picture for you of what's happening on the field. Because I really do believe that you can tell why, if you are watching closely enough on the field. And that means if you're coming down to Spartanburg, watch where these guys are lining up, watch who they're lining up with. That is a real clue as to what they're going, what their role is going to be during the year. If you see Daryl Williams lining up at left tackle, that means he has probably overtaken that job from Greg Little. Like that, that is what's happening. You can actually go there and tell. If you don't see Alex Arma getting any reps, that means he's probably not going to get any reps, even though he was a third-team uh, alternate at the Pro Bowl. It's it's like you can tell these kind of things. So I, I think that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited for football to start. Let's get there. Let's, let's get there. Let's, get let's go. Hit somebody. Let's go. Ow, ow, my L-F-G. hand. my hand. Travis T-Bone Hancock, our first guest for season two. That's right, new season. We're here every week. You're stuck with us till February. T-Bone, your one-day contract is up. Everybody else, we'll see you next week. Oh no, here comes that sun again And means another day without you, my friend And it 